0: Hey, I'm Dan. <laughs> and I'm Zach. And we are fiery friends. Fiery friends. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Dan? Fantastic. How are
1: you doing, Zach? I'm doing good, man. This is this is crazy. We're here for episode sixty-eight, I think. And uh. We're in different places for once. That's a little different. But here we are. I know. We're back. We're about to talk about the book of Titus. Are you excited,
0: Dan? Yes, sir, I am. I woke up this morning not knowing much about Titus. I'd read <laughs> it before, but it had been a while. So I dove into it. I watched a not Bible project video on it. I watched like the, this other YouTube creator, other company that wants you to donate to them so that they can change the world through the Bible. (laughs) But they were doing like the historical context of it. And it was really cool. And it really got me in the mood for some Titus. And then I took out my guitar and I played it and I sung through the book. And I was like, I totally get it. And I'm excited to talk about it. And recently, it's been a place in life where it's been like a season of uh, rest, relaxation, vacation, and looking forward to the future. And realizing that the Lord has given us a lot of uh, brain power and excitement to be able to, like, look forward to things. Even more so than doing things in the moment. So looking forward to this was a great time. Looking forward to vacations is amazing. Looking forward to rest and relaxation is awesome. And it's just, it's a beautiful thing that we're living in right now.
1: Yeah. Nice. That is amazing bro it's so fun to sing through the bible like i've done that a couple times here at the prayer room in texas that i go to and it's just great get up on stage and sing some scripture or you can do it in your bedroom too you can do it anywhere just sing the bible (laughs) yeah dude it's good stuff okay yeah yeah, i i know we already talked about this before the episode but do you want to tell the people what you've been up to
0: heck yeah (laughs) so recently in life i have been journeying (laughs) (laughs) a couple a couple weeks ago my wife and i took our early anniversary trip out to phoenix area to see the grand canyon to visit family and then to go on disney cruise and go check out cabo mexico and whale watching and have some foods and just like and to really enjoy life and take a break and just realize like what it's like to to have that freedom and vacation. And like it really like resets your mind. And gets you excited for things. Yeah. And then to come back to the day to day. And I've been subbing at school a bunch still. Mm-hmm. Still a full time sub over at Her- Christian school. Yeah. And like being present with the kids. And growing a relationship there. And learning to love them. And looking forward to having kids of my own someday off in the future. Maybe. And just Maybe being soon. prepared mm-hmm. for the Maybe Who knows? You might have eight, but yeah. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, dude. What about you?
1: Yeah, so me, I'm still here in Texas. I'm almost at my nine-month anniversary at this job at Heartlight Ministries. And there's been lots of ups and downs along the way. Like, you know, recently we just saw three of our kids graduate, which was kind of cool to see them finally get to go home and move on to that next season of life. So there's been a lot of change here with like the kids that just left being gone and new kids being in and we've had some changes in staff recently, too. So just like a lot has been changing at the job, but it feels good to be near the end of the road at this season in Texas because, you know, me, my heart is for the nations. And so I've got a lot of like big nation stuff coming up and I'm probably going to like more officially announce it all next month in March. So stay tuned. But, um, but yeah, this year there's like a lot of really cool stuff coming up in terms of like places that I'm going to be going and things I'm going to be doing. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's like, I feel like it's like a season of like building into something really big, like, God is on the move. So it's really encouraging. And and my walk with him has been going really good this year too. Like for 2023, my theme of the year has been the agenda free treasure hunt. And so like, I've been trying to not have an agenda as much, like to be more open to whatever God wants to do. And that's kind of where like all these random opportunities that are coming up came from is just like God, like throwing things in my path um and then also just like every day just going in and trying to ask god god what is like the treasure you have for me in the day so like i have this little journal here it's called a hey. 2023 treasure hunt so every day That's i'm cool. hunting for treasure and just asking god god what is the treasure in the day and so it's like a lot of fun and it and it just like helps you to see the world through a different lens and through god's eyes so yeah. i'm just trying to do that in the day to day. there's some days where i really need to like look through God's eyes here. Cause you know, working with teenagers, you know, sometimes things get a little crazy. So you have to really have God's perspective in those moments. So it's really, it's been a wild, wild adventure. And as it's coming to an end, I'm excited for the next one. But right now the adventure is going through the book of Titus and I'm excited to do that too. It's always good. So, Dan, you ready to dive into some scripture summaries like the old times? I am, I am. All right. This is our 12th book. And so before we go into the chapters, let's just talk a little bit about it. Because we watched The Bible Project, obviously, to get our little intro to the book that we love or that that is good i mean i mean i don't know if we love it it's it's a good book we probably love it but i think titus is
0: pretty i, I like it a lot i'm a fan yeah
1: it's it's a likable book it's you know it's probably not like the best book in the bible but it is good so we're we're here to talk about it so the author of titus was paul paul wrote a lot of books if you guys are familiar with the bible you know that and um And it says it was written around 64 AD, like the same time as first Timothy, which we haven't done first Timothy on here yet. So I don't know if those, I think there's a big connection there, but maybe there is. So who knows? Yeah. Um, and so it was written to the Island of Crete, which the Bible project kind of explained like Crete is a place of liars and like people who worship Greek gods Like, apparently, like, the term Cretan, like, came from this. I never knew that, like, because I always heard the term Cretan is, like, an insult, but apparently it came from this this island. island. So, this island was just full of, like, really messed up lying people that were called the Cretans. (laughs) And then it spread to the world where, like, now everyone gets called a Cretan if they're a bad person. So, there you go. Really interesting stuff, Dan. Ha. Yeah,
0: making a little transition. Yep, there we go. I wanted the plant in the background.
1: <laughs> okay, so Dan, are you there? Okay, you're there. Yeah. So, of course. So you you already shared a little bit, but what's like your past experience with Titus?
0: Yes. So I had read I had read the book of Titus a while ago when I did a read through the Bible in a year. It's been years. Oh yeah. So I hadn't really jumped to it in a while until this morning, where it was it was a great experience. I'm just gonna do just the quick highlight overview of what my experience of Titus is right now before we get into
1: it. Yeah. (laughs) I like
0: it. I like it. I like it. It's it's really exciting because a lot of the time I will read a book of the Bible and even after watching the Bible project, I'll be reading through it and I get lost Yeah, and I'm just like, okay, I I know kind of the overall thing that's happening here, but I really don't know what's happening right here at all. (laughs) But I didn't feel that way about this book at all. I was, I read through the whole thing and every part I was like, Oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're doing. And it connects with the way that they talk about it in different overview videos that I watched on YouTube. And I was like, okay, I connect with this and I totally understand. And it's actually super applicable and really important for us today to understand and realize like the, the small but hugely important nugget you get out of Titus and then the bonus content. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's really cool. Like, I know for me with Titus, like, like kind of like you said, it's like a book that, like, it doesn't really, like, come up a lot in church. It's not, like, a book that gets preached on Sundays all the time. Like, my previous experience with Titus is kind of what you said. Like, I, there was a time I tried to read all the books of the Bible, like, a couple of years ago, and I got through, like, half of them, like, before we started this podcast thing. And so, like, I did do Titus back then, and, like, there was a few things that stood out, like... Like I wrote, like, I didn't remember that much, but I remember it. I read it a long time ago and I actually was looking at my phone. Cause like during that time I was like, I was reading the books of the Bible and like scoring them on a scale from one to 100. And so like, yes. so I gave it a 62 out of a hundred. So like, you know, it was a pretty decent book, like, you know, 60. Yeah. So it wasn't like well, my was favorite 15. book, but it was, it had some gems in there and then I just always remember like before I did this I always remembered it was like with an island like I think that's like unique to Titus is that it was written to like this island nation or I don't even know if Crete was a nation, yeah. city whatever but it was written to an island I don't know <laughs> it's just different you know most of the other books are written to like not islands so this is kind of a different a different thing to be written to an island and I like islands. If you know me, you know, you know, I've been in Hawaii and I was on the island. <laughs> so I, I like it always catches my attention. I'm like, it's an island place. but And then um, and then I also like the last time I read it, I just always remembered I like some verses in chapter three, which I'll talk about that more later. But yeah. But anyways, should we talk about the Bible Project breakdown? Let's do it. Yeah. So the Bible Project breaks the book down to four parts. Verse chapter one, one to four is the introduction. Then chapter one, five to 16 is Titus's tasks. So Titus is like this guy that Paul's writing to. And Titus is basically, you know, he's this good Jesus loving dude who's kind of establishing the church here in Crete. And so Paul's giving him some tasks. He's like, you know, Titus, bro, you got to do these things for your church, man. So that's what that part's about. Then chapter two is about, like, the new household, and it's, like, explaining how, um, how, like, living a life following Christ is going to affect the way that you raise a family, essentially, or, like, raise the body of Christ up. Mm -hmm. And then the third one is about the new humanity, the third chapter, and it's just about, like, basically beyond just, like, what you do in your house, like, how you live in every area of life. So, yeah, those are the chapters broken down into sections and you know the last few books like we did mark and Acts, our last two episodes and we did like the whole like top seven highlights thing but this book only, only has three chapters so i feel like we can kind of just like go one chapter at a time say if we have any verses that stood out and talk about them and then yeah that's about it so titus is a nice easy one it's nice and short we can just blitz through these Highlights and it'll be good. I'm excited. And uh, did you have any highlights from chapter one
0: that immediately stand out? Yes. Okay. So when I was reading through chapter one, I got through like the first three verses were really good. Like when I was singing, when I was singing this book. I sang through the whole thing, but the first three verses I sang through like three times because it just, it had like a really good, it had a good feel to it. Exactly. <laughs> We still yeah. go. We're it. Yeah, say
1: that again. I don't know what
0: happened, but... I don't know, but we're fresh. So yeah, yeah, the first the first three verses in Titus just were really cool because they kind of gave you an overlay of what Titus is about. Even though Titus isn't long, it's still got like some good content in it. Right. And so they were saying, oh, Paul... It's super simple. Paul, the servant of God, because... He loves knowledge and truth and wants other people to experience eternal life is coming to these people to talk to them. And then like my favorite, my favorite part in chapter one is this, it's this theme that I've seen throughout all of scripture. Like mm-hmm. I used to highlight it all the time when I was spending time down at IHOP in the prayer room and it's in verse four and it says grace and peace. From God the Father and Christ Jesus our Savior Ooh. so I spent I spent some time back in the day digging into like what grace and peace means, and it's like a welcoming gesture and it's like I wish you the best and it's kind of like so people will come into a town with grace and peace, and then if people don't receive them. And they end up having to like walk off and go to another town and talk to them mm-hmm. and share life and love with them. Then, you know how in the Bible it talks about like shaking the dust off yeah. of their bills on the way out. Right. So it's like you come in with the best intentions and you want to love on people and you have grace and peace. And then if they choose to reject you and receive you, then you still like you leave with grace and peace. But it's mm-hmm. it's like a nice, peaceful way of moving on to the next place. And I just like how just right away he's coming in here, he's like, I'm not here for I'm not trying to destroy everything or like forcefully convert people. I'm here to gracefully and peacefully show you what the the beauty of Jesus Christ is and how that can change you from the inside out and not from the outside in.
1: Yeah. No, that's really cool. I love how Paul's Paul's introduction is just very It's very welcoming, like you said, and I like what you said about grace and peace too. Like, because I know that Jesus gave that or command to like the seventy two when He sent them out in the New Testament to like go into each town and you know bring the grace and peace of God. And if and if they reject you, you can still have your grace and peace. So it's a really Mm -hmm. it's a really good introduction that Paul opens with here in Titus. And you can just tell he really cares about Titus too. Like verse 4 it says I'm writing to Titus my true son in the faith that we share. So Oh. Yeah. It's just it's cool that you can tell that you know he's not just writing this letter of like instructions like as like some overlord, but he's like he sees Titus like the lines of being like it says a son in the faith. So that's really cool. So that's awesome. And then We go to verses 5 to 16, which is more like talking about Titus's like instructions in the faith or whatever. And I just thought it was really interesting. Like, like it opens with like a lot of expectations for elders in the church. And I thought it was like really interesting because it felt like a parallel to me to like in the Old Testament when it's talking about levitical priests and stuff like that and how they have like maybe a higher standard to follow than other people in the faith and i don't know that's just always been interesting to me and like i was like as i was reading it i was asking myself the question like god would i want to be an elder like because i feel like being an elder like it sounds really cool right to be like an elder of the church like for the lord like that's amazing but then you like read like the standards and like there's, like, so little room to mess up, like, if you're an elder. Like, you have this higher level of expectation. Um, oh, and yeah. it's, like, in verse 7, an elder is a manager of God's household, so he must live a blameless life. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered. He must not be a heavy drinker, violent, or dishonest with money. And, like, all these different things. And And then the verse before it says he must be faithful to his wife and yeah don't be wild or rebellious and just all these things and like you know it's something that i would love to attain but then like you think about like days when you like mess up and you do something rebellious or like you do something for money and like it's terrible like i don't like doing those things but like i know i've like slipped up before um but then Mm -hmm. like where's eight and nine make it sound like more fun or it's talking about like Rather, he must enjoy having guests in his home and love what is good. He must live wisely and be just. He must live a devout and disciplined life. He must have a strong belief in the trustworthy message he was taught and then be able to encourage others with wholesome teaching and show those who oppose it where they're wrong. And like those are like, you know, it makes you sound like a hero being an elder. But yeah, but then like you also just have to be like so self-aware of like keeping yourself from just falling into the ways of the world. So it's really interesting. Like, I think I would want to be an elder, but I know I'm not
0: ready to be one yet. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, I, I feel that. And I love that right away when he's coming to Cretan, he, he goes straight for the here. This is what we're looking for in the elders of the faith. So the first people to to follow Jesus and to love him and believe him need to be pure of heart and all these things to be above reproach so mm-hmm. the way that they set example and lead people want to follow and want to imitate because they're imitating christ yeah and then i like what you're talking about about how it's it's such a high standard yeah because it is it, it out there and it's important for people to see and understand that because they're going to be following you and when you slip up they could follow your slip up and it be mm-hmm. just like a whole transverse downward effect and it talks yeah. about it in the bible if you are a teacher or a leader and you lead one of these young ones, like, away mm-hmm. from the Lord, it would be better for a millstone to be tied around your neck and for you to jump in, in the water.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. Like, that is, it's heavy stuff. And it's like, you know, I mean, we'll talk about it more in chapter two as well. But I think, like, reading Titus now compared to, like, whenever I read it before, like, I feel like before... Like three or two or three or years ago, whenever I read it before, like I kind of read it with like a mindset of a kid, and I feel like I feel like there's been some kind of shift in growth in my life and in your life over the last few years, from like that mindset of being kids to mindset of being men, and it's like it's a whole different way that you read this text as like yeah the perspective of being a man who's supposed to lead others compared to being a kid who is like not you don't really not much is expected of you as a kid like but once you're an adult like there's more expectation and there's more of a example that you have to follow and that you have to be to others and so Mm -hmm. it's really interesting and i definitely saw that in the scripture this time um in a big way but did you have anything else from chapter one
0: yeah yeah, dude, verse 12 stuck out to me super hard. I read it over a bunch of times. It says, one of the Cretans, a prophet of their own, said, quote, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons, end quote. Mm-hmm. So, just like... So, it's coming in here, and it's talking about how there are all of these people who have like, different views of people, but that they're, like, even one of our own says that Cretans in general are, like, really evil, not good people and, like, named specific things that are showing them to be, like, of not good regard, and he's just talking about how, like, it's true, but you need to make sure that like, you're not showing, like, just telling people that they're bad. You can't yeah. just straight up, it's Like, you're not going to get someone to transform from the love of Christ if instead of sharing the love of Christ, you're just telling people that they're lazy and horrible people. And I was just like, it's so cool that they just brought up this one critic who is just like spouting off that people are horrible. And it's like, that's not helping people. (laughs) So he's like, first of all, get some really good elders in there. Second of all, make sure they're not people who are just going to tell people that they're bad and that they need to be good because they're just bad. It's like, no, there's a redeeming love of the Lord. And out of that love, you want to choose to have self-control. You want to be obedient and just. And you want to be able to share the love with other people. And it's just, it's such a different imagery and mindset than just telling people that they're bad.
1: Yeah. No, I think that, that is interesting. Like, I think that it is interesting to look at, like, prophets in the Bible. Compared to like prophets of today. Because it seems like there is like a shift. Where you see like prophets in the Bible. A lot of the time will come and like. Lay down like some hard truth. Like yeah you're all liars. You're all like gluttons and animals. And what it's like. Versus like today. Like there's definitely more of a trend. Towards encouragement in prophecy. Um, and I think there's value in both. For sure. I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because, like, I'm curious if the prophet from Crete that it's talking about here is, like, somebody who was, like, a Christian prophet or was more of, like, a prophet of, like, I don't know, like, just just somebody, maybe it was, a, like, I don't know, for some reason when I read it the first time, I just, like, assumed it was, like, some prophet from, like, some corrupt religion, like, that was just, like, speaking down on his people, but I guess it could be a prophet who was a Christian too? Like, in the, No, you know, I also
0: think it's probably someone who, it says a prophet of their own. So I was yeah. also thinking that it was just an example of someone who's not like professing Jesus. Yeah. And I just think it's interesting how he's like, here, this is how people have been taught at. This is how yeah. the people who are here have been teaching. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. Be above reproach and share the love of God. Yeah. Now it's different. Right. It's like, it's cool. Like, here's an example of what they're used to now show them the difference and they'll be excited to see what the difference is.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I think... Yeah, because, like, the next verse he talks about, like, reprimand them, make them strong in the faith, make sure they stop listening to these things that have turned them from the truth. And I think that that really brings into emphasis that point of, you know, like their people have been seen through this negative lens for so long. Like, you know, like we were talking about earlier, like this idea of Cretan, like, you know, it's become like a worldwide worldwide phrase for like liars and like bad people. Like Mm. you're such a Cretan and you know, their land isn't known for being good people, but God is one who can change that and can give them a new name and a new life. And, You know, that's where, like, the next two chapters, like, the Bible Project was talking about how it's, like, a new household and a new humanity Mm -hmm. that you walk into. And I think this first chapter is important because it shows, like, that these people of Crete, they were walking in such, like, an old way of life. And that's, like, how they've been viewed for so long. And I think, like, specifically the verse that stood out to me at the end of chapter one is 16 where it says or even 1516 together says everything is pure to those or everything is pure to those whose hearts are pure, but nothing is pure to those who are corrupt and unbelieving because their minds and consciences are corrupted. Such people claim they know God, but they deny him by the way they live. And like, that's, that's like a huge problem even today in Christianity is that people will profess God, but they won't show him in the way that they live their lives. And yeah. Um, And I think that's really Paul's heart here is to give Titus, a an idea of what it looks like to have your life in alignment with your actions and like your actions in alignment with what you profess about God to bring it all together. So, yeah. mm -hmm. So it's super cool, but then chapter two starts to talk about more what that looks like. So you ready to go to chapter two?
0: I'm ready. Let's do it.
1: Okay. So I think probably the verse that stood out to me in the most in the whole book was actually chapter two, verse two. And it says here to teach the older men to exercise self-control, to be worthy of respect and to live wisely. They must have sound faith and be filled with love and patience. And that stood out to me because like, Again, like what I was talking about earlier, like, you know, like previously reading Titus, like I would read that as like, oh, teach the older men. Like, I'm not an older man. Like, I don't need to know this stuff. (laughs) But like, but like now that like me and you have like grown up a little more and like we're moving from that position of being like the people learning to the people that will eventually be teaching. Like, you know, you're, you have kids at Heritage. I have kids at this job and we're going to have our own kids someday so like Mm -hmm. now we're more on that side of the older men and i find it interesting like the first thing that titus emphasizes for them is self-control like out of everything like because self-control i feel like is probably the hardest thing for older men to have and like even i've myself seen this recently like because i think like the opposite of self-control is selfishness like in a lot of ways where you know, the reason you wouldn't be self-controlled is because you're being selfish and you're being led by either your emotions or your selfish desires or so many other things. And to be self-controlled and even like, I think another word to go with it would be self-denial, I think really helps people to see you in a lens where they honor you and respect you and can see your character where you're willing to lay down yourself for others. And to control yourself from emotionally lashing out or control yourself from having to claim everything for yourself. So I think that's like really cool because I think like out of the fruits of the spirit, like self-control is usually just tacked on at the end. You know, everybody's like love joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control and self-control is just like there at the end and nobody remembers it. And they're like, whatever, who cares if I'm self-controlled? I want like, we live in America, which is like freedom culture. Which is so toxic because it's basically just like the I can do whatever I want culture, which is not yep. the way of the Lord. And so and so to be self controlled is to say, like, yeah, God's given me free will, but I'm gonna choose to submit to him. And so I just think that's so powerful. And I think it's something I want to remind myself of more to just like submit to God every day because I think it's something that's so easy to forget in the busyness of life. And when you just want your immediate gratification and you want things your way to say like, I'm willing to give control to God. And yeah, I I just really took a lot from that verse. And that's just like the first part of it, the self-control thing, but like every single command in that verse too, like, you know, to be worthy of respect, to live wise, to have sound faith and to have love and patience. Like those are all things like, I feel like I can grow in because it's easy to lose your patience or to lose your self-control when you just want things your way. And yeah, I just,
0: I really think that's just such a good word. But what do you think, Dan? No, I totally agree. The first time I read this earlier this morning was I was like jumping in and it's talking about older men and older women. I like their tendencies. And I was just thinking about how I see that in people who I was I was thinking more like grandparent age, but now that you mentioned like that's also we're growing into this and we're already like place of this right now. But I was just thinking about how I was going like for the extreme in my mind that when you become like especially once your kids have moved on or if you especially if you never married. Like the biggest thing is if you if you stayed single your whole life and you didn't have anyone come into your life who will speak hard truths to you and mm-hmm. round off jagged edges? Yeah. Then you grow hard in your ways and you yeah. are not able to change in the right. end. And you are usually lacking dignity, self control, steadfastness, love, and such things that. Um well, I don't know. Okay. A lot of them you do develop through like your relationship with the Lord and he will come and he will chisel you and he mm-hmm. will teach you. But there's always like certain things and nuances in life that yeah. are, are different. If you don't have someone to chisel at you and give you just hard truths, like right there in the moment, it's just like, Hey, this <laughs> is not how you act around people. You can't be doing that. Yeah. So, and then I was just thinking about how, like when you talk to some grandparents, you can see that they're like, or old gruff and like whatever, and it's like if you want to be a good teacher, you want to be someone who grows older and like some super older pastors. They're really super nice and cool and like personable, and you yeah. enjoy being around. But also, when you were talking, I just I was thinking about wow, like when you become an older man, someone who is in a place where they're ready to have children of their own or a family and be a provider. Like transitioning from, I'd say it's a transition from uh, Sonship to being a provider, but still in Sonship. Yeah. So from just receiving and like your whole life, you've just been provided for by your father figure, whatever that looks like. And going into a place where you're out on your own and you need to provide for yourself. And soon you're in a spot where you're ready to be out on your own, but also to provide for others. Mm -hmm. then like the first thing is like self-control it's like you're not gonna get what you want necessarily all the time after you involve other people either in your community or kids that you're teaching or if you're in a family then like everyone has a say and desire and a want like for what you watch for what you play for what you do for what you eat for where you go on vacation they all go from just what you want to do to what the consensus of the group wants to do and it's a huge part of self-control to be a provider and to be paving the way for these people to do this thing but maybe it's not your favorite thing and it's not even something you want to be doing but yeah. because you love the people around you you're choosing to give up all of your own personal desires and then it, it trades your personal desires and happy satisfaction to you then choose to value and love the joy of the people that you surround yourself with in your community that as you provide them with an opportunity to see joy in these different areas to have their way that you're not in it for yourself anymore you're in it for like the smiles on their faces and to yeah. teach them and to see them grow and be transformed and like that's your new favorite thing and it goes from like you want to be satisfied do you want them to be satisfied and that makes you happy and satisfied so yeah. Like, that's just, that's a really cool thing. And it's, like, it's been in my mind, just, like, especially thinking about even something simple as, like, for spring break, we get an opportunity to join Ali's parents and go out to California and see Disneyland yeah. and, and stuff. And it was, like, they gave us options, like, if we want to go up in California or down in California, and, like, you can only pick one. You can't do everything. <laughs> so it was, like both parents had like their own kind of idea in view. And then there's two kids, there's Allie and Lily. And then I also get a say in the thing, cause I'm married into the family. So like everyone yeah. got to like, say what they wanted. And then as a family, each person's like not super decisive. So then overall, like the decision kind of goes like wherever, but not <laughs> everyone gets like whatever their favorite, perfect vacation would have been, but because you're a family and you get to do stuff together, it becomes just the best thing for everybody. So it's just super interesting how like, it's important to be self controlled, and to just delight in what you get to do and to not throw a fit. And I don't know, just, I just, I love all of that. So just it's cool, like growing up and not having to have things your way, and being excited, no matter what's happening, and to have joy through everything. Yeah.
1: No, I agree. I think it's, it's so powerful to just be able to submit and to be able to like learn to come to compromise and you know and it sounds beautiful as we're talking about it but then like in the reality of it it's like sometimes hard because you're like you know like you know using like your vacation example like you know somebody really wanted to go to this one place and it's like oh well now they can't go and so like you know or like maybe you wanted to go to this one place and you can't go and you're going somewhere else and like You know, it can be really, really hard. Like, and that's just one example, but like, you know, in a lot of different situations where you have a view of how things should be and it's not going that way, you know, it's easier to just be complaining, to hold resentment and frustration and to control yourself from that can be difficult, but it shows God's character that you're willing to not get divided over the little things and i think that's like one of the big themes of titus that they talked about with the bible project too is that you know (laughs) there's there's these two extremes that people will go to in the body of christ and like the first extreme is that they will you know get so mad over every little thing and like every little issue becomes something of like complete division and like complete judgment and you know somebody does one thing wrong and you're like, Oh, you're not even a real Christian anymore. (laughs) Like, or they're missing like, you know, one aspect of the gospel. And it's like, well, then they probably don't know God at all. You know? And it's just like, it goes (laughs) to that crazy extreme. But then the other extreme is like the overly accepting extreme where it's like, Oh, well, like, you know, like that person said, they believe in God, like once, even though they're living like the worst life ever, but they're probably fine. They probably believe him. Like, you know every single person who says they believe in Jesus is instantly like you know a part of the family and it's like and i think like the real truth is somewhere between those two lines of like mm-hmm. you know criticizing people for every little thing they do wrong and um and holding them accountable to the things that are most important and i think this book really goes into detail on what are the things that we can like that are expected of everybody in the like, faith and like what things are more like up to self-control. Cause I think like something like you you were talking about, like a trip, like, you know, where it's like, okay, where are we going to go on vacation? Like, obviously like where we go on vacation and like some people like, you know, depending on how you hear the Holy spirit and stuff, they might be like, Oh, well like God's like giving me the intention. Like we need to go here. And so, like, you might get all like salty if you're like, oh, like, we're going somewhere. And I felt like God was telling me to go somewhere else. Like, but then you need to get over yourself and like what you thought you heard God saying and just like roll with what's happening and talk to God through the moment of that. You know, that's not like an issue of salvation, whether or not somebody's doing what you thought you heard God saying. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. But like the things in scripture, though, if people are defying those things, then, you know, then it's maybe more something you can confront them on with spiritual authority, as opposed to like, you know, like, oh, we're not going to Disneyland. I thought God was telling me to go to Disneyland. Like, you know, like you can't confront someone on that. It's not like you have any standing in (laughs) that. So I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. So that's just, it's interesting. And, you know, if, you know, if God really was telling you to go to Disneyland too, it'll show in the fruit. Like, you know, eventually like the other person will apologize and realize, oh, like we were supposed to go to Disneyland. I'm sorry. Like, but but I don't know. I feel like we're kind of off the rails here, but.
0: (laughs) No, don't worry. We're going to Disneyland.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. i let's see what else in chapter two is really good. Um. I really like 12 and 13. It's 12 and 13 are talking about. It says we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God. While we look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed. Um, And I just like that because it's like an anticipation scripture of just like, you know, why are we doing this? Like, why are we holding ourselves to a higher standard? Why? Like, what's the point of self-control and self-denial when it like, you know, in this world, most people just want to do what they want. Like, why would I ever make compromise with my family? Why would I ever even have a wife or a family in the first place? Like when I can just live my own life by myself and be unhinged, or why would I not like divorce my wife if she doesn't want to do the things I want to do? Like, who cares? I just want to live for myself. You know, like, that's like the attitude of a lot of people in the world. Like, they just want to do things their way. So like, what is the reason to have a righteous life? and to give up self-control and to have patience and be willing to suffer for others. Like the point of it all is just that we're preparing ourselves for the return of Jesus and for the kingdom that will never end. You know, this life is temporary. So everything we do for ourselves in this life will fade. But that relationship with him is the one thing worth sewing into more than anything else. And the way we sow into that relationship is by, following his way of life and following the Holy Spirit's guidance and allowing him to guide us into kindness, into the fruits of the spirit, um, in the way that we love others. And so, um, so I really love that verse. And then I just also love it because recently I've had this one song stuck in my head. Uh, the song that goes like, we're getting ready. We're getting ready. Yeah, bro. That song has been like so stuck on my head for like the last five days. Like I've just been singing it whenever I have like a free moment because I just feel like I feel like my heart is just it's in anticipation for bigger things with the Lord. Whether that be in this life, like once I leave Texas, like I feel like my heart's starting to get ready for like, you know, the long term missions, callings God's putting on my heart and the nations that he's stirring my heart for and helping me to be excited about going to, but then I also just like getting ready for the big picture as well. Just like, you know, one day we're going to be in this like, you know, eternal song of unity with like the whole body of Christ, like coming before God. And yeah. And I love that God like gets us ready in his own way too. Cause like, you know, we're not going to be perfect in a day, but that, in each moment of correction and in each moment of conviction and in each moment where he pours out his love and grace on us, it's like helping us to continue like to get ready for that day. Um, and so I just find that so cool and just continuing to try for, to strive for righteousness and wise living. It's, it's all so uh, it's just so amazing being able to do that and getting ready for him. So I like that. <laughs>
0: Dude, yes. Amen. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, no, it's a huge preparation phase. And it's just like, where is your vision? What are you psyched for? What are you excited in? And then I just wanted to touch on how like, right in between, like being ready for the future after being like trained up in righteousness was, uh, so we were talking about like the old men, and then there's the old woman who grow and also need to be, like, trained to not slander, to not have too much wine, to do what is good. And then, like, so they talk about in verses 4, 5, and 6, how, like, this all starts from training up the young men and the young women in the ways they should go. So it's, like, whether you are a parent to these kids or whether you are a teacher, or wherever they are, so like that could even be for for we are at in life. It's like in order to show them that when they are old men and women, they need to grow into this through. Yeah. It it directly talks about being the self control pure working at home kind and submissive person, and then the likewise the younger men need to be self controlled, showing themselves in respect to be a model of good works. And in your teaching show integrity, dignity, and sound speech. that cannot be condemned. Yeah. So it's just talking about how like you need to live above reproach as an older man and woman, like being yeah. around the other women so that they grow into like the good qualities that you are trying to share. Like yeah. whatever you're trying to learn and bring into your life, you should also be uh showing to them and and teaching into them and as they as they walk with you. Like even as Jesus was just on earth like leading disciples it was just like here come live life with me it's not like i'm just going to show up for like half an hour or an hour and just talk about something with you it's like come experience what i'm experiencing come mm-hmm. meet what i talk when i talk sleep when i sleep like em like uh emulate my life because it's something worth imitating and something worth yeah uh like learning from so being in a place where you could like you're not jesus but You want to be the best representation of who Jesus is day in and day out. So if you have these young men and women be around you, like, come follow me. And you don't even have to, like, hear. Just, like, do what I'm doing and learn what I'm, like, just being in a place where it's, it's like, if you are the older woman or men, remembering, like, people are watching. People are learning from you. You need to go to the source, go to the word, go to the Lord, and be in a place where you can be pouring (laughs) out good things and not bad things so that they grow into the good trees and the good fruit that they need to be.
1: Right. It's super good. That's our role. Yeah. Like a watering (laughs) can. I don't know. (laughs) You're right be filled up by the Lord and pour it out unto the younger generation. <laughs> and that brings us to chapter three, which I think actually um, there's like one verse I really like. Chapter three, verse five. And it really yeah, dude. Kind of goes off that idea um, of just where we're filled up from. So that's here, I closed my Bible. Here, it's back. Okay, here it is. So it's chapter 3, 5, and maybe even 4 and 5. It says, But when God our Savior revealed His kindness and love, He saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth, a new life through the Holy Spirit. Um, And that's really where the f- filling comes from, is through the Holy Spirit. And, and 6, even says he generously poured out the spirit upon us through Jesus Christ our savior. That's like the watering can. Just pouring it. Pour that spirit. Yeah. Pour it. Pour it out. <laughs> you know that, that that that's in so many freaking worship songs. It's always talking about him pouring it out. No, there it is. Cool. It's in the Bible. Verse six of three of Titus. He's pouring it. There you go. Get poured on <laughs> but 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 like the other reason I really like chapter three though is because it, It really kind of brings it back to grace because I think like the other chapter, the first two really are way more focused on truth and way more focused on like, these are the things that you need to do to abide by the laws of Christ and to be a good example. But then chapter three brings it back to grace as a reminder that like, you know, the reason we're accepted into the family of Christ isn't because we do all these righteous things. It's not because Mm -hmm. we follow these rules to a T but it's because of grace and how God met us when we weren't following any other rules at all. And like that, he said that, Hey, I want to show you a way to live. Well, not because like I'm some big old God who wants to like force people to follow my rules, but instead, because I am a loving father who wants to give you a guide in the Holy spirit to guide you into what is true and what is right and what is good. Because it'll be better for your sake and for the sake of the whole family, the kingdom. And I think that's something that you really learn as you grow in your walk with the Lord. Because maybe when you first accept the Lord, it is more of like a, it's just for you thing. Like, you know, you're like, oh, God like loves me. It's personal. And, you know, I know like a lot of people and even me, like when I first like accepted God, like, You know, when you first like have that deep connection with him, sometimes what you want to do is just be alone. You just want to be alone in your prayer closet and just spend time with God and like just have that intimacy between you. And there's beauty in that intimacy, but also the more you get to know God and the more you are led by the Holy Spirit, the more you realize that God's heart is for family and it is for submission and it is for laying each other's life down for one another. Like you were talking about, like you know, in like a situation, like, you know, a family vacation where like everybody wants to do something different, like laying down preferences for others. And like within a church setting, like, you know, everybody worships in a little bit of a different way. So like laying down your preferences of what worship looks like, um, in order to help others to see God's heart. And so, and just opening yourself up to the different perspectives and the different ways that we can engage with God, um, is something that, I think you learn more as you grow in your walk with the Lord. And the Holy Spirit can lead you into that. It can lead you into that community view of the faith. But it all starts from that place of grace and it all starts from laying down pride and that feeling of like, oh, I deserve to have it my way or like I know best what God wants. You have to bring yourself back to that place of like, well, when this thing started, I didn't know anything. And like, you know, and, and in any moment where I'm not looking at things through God's eyes, like, I could know just as little as I knew at the beginning because I'm starting to be blinded about my own selfishness or my own pride. And so it's just really good how Paul just like really emphasizes grace. And just one more thing about that too, in chapter three. So I talked about how like earlier like I read Titus like one time before this and chapter three was like what stood out to me. And like the only verse I had highlighted in Titus in my Bible from last time was um, seven and eight, where it says because of his grace, he declared us righteous and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to insist on these teachings so that all who trust in God will devote themselves to doing good. These teachings are good and beneficial for everyone. And, so i had that highlighted from last time and when i was reading it last night i was like why did i highlight this like it just seems generic like i was just like it didn't <laughs> even, like I'm, i totally forgot why i highlighted it but then i was thinking about it more and i realized that i think the reason i highlighted it was because like you know a couple of years ago i used to be obsessed with like hard truth and ridiculous grace because like that one tor and well song that's like hard oh, truth yeah. and
0: ridiculous grace
1: yeah, whatever. But like, you, but that song is all about like being fully known and loved by God. Right. And I think f- being fully known and loved by God requires grace and truth. And I think those verses seven and eight, they really bring both of them there. Like where it's, it starts by saying his grace is what made us righteous and gave us confidence will inherit eternal life. But then the next verse is like, this is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to insist on these teachings. So the second verse goes into truth. And I like wrote down in my notes yesterday when I was thinking about it, that like this verse was about grace and truth and that grace, like is kind of like the open door, like grace is what makes a way where we can live a righteous life. But then like truth is what keeps us on that path of what is righteous and what's not righteous. Um, And I think that was kind of a cool way that God was kind of speaking it to me last night, reading those verses again is just like, grace is the entry point and then truth is what keeps us on the path and and they work together in like this really cool way that i think paul really gets across um super well here in chapter
0: three so
1: it's a good chapter that's a good truth
0: love it no it's so true like grace grace is the attractive thing that brings you in Mm -hmm. and then truth is what keeps you coming back for more because like that's like the substance that's that's the rock that's the rock in which we stand we stand on truth like god is love but he's also true and whatever way you come at it he's the same because he's true and he doesn't change yeah And i think that's a beautiful thing that's highlighted here it's like it's the truth of the lord because a lot of times in life you're like i'm not feeling it i'm not yeah. I'm not experiencing it's like dude truth is true no matter what like you didn't change you changed Mm -hmm. so it's like what's wrong with the Lord it's what's happening in your life right now where you're not seeking truth and finding it and like believing it remembering that it's true and obeying so I think that's but for me verse 9 was like super key 9 ooh I love 9 just because like that that's a huge thing in my life. nine says to avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, dissensions, and quarrels about the law for they are unprofitable and worthless, so mm-hmm. I feel like that's a big theme in my life because there's so many people around mm-hmm. me who involve myself who just want to like super discuss and quarrel over like non salvation issues yeah and it's like is it is it that or that and I'm like man if you have salvation like down to like like if you're saved if you read through the bible and you see that you're living in grace truth if you're emulating the fruits of the spirit and if you're putting to death the things of the enemy then like you are in a great spot Mm -hmm. and it's fun for bait stuff And I'll get in on it sometimes. And like it's interesting, good theology, and it's fun to talk about. But if it causes you to, like, if it causes quarrels and dissension, like if it's going to break you apart with someone else over, like, something that is not a critical issue, that just always upsets me. So I like that there's straight up verses of Titus that talk about. Dude, the Lord is amazing. He loves you. He loves you both. And it's fun to talk over these things, but, like, don't break up over things that aren't critical and of the utmost importance in life whether it feels huge to you or like it's not an issue that is regarding your eternity Mm -hmm. and it's something you talk about but like don't don't stop meeting because of it i don't know because i just think that's we agree on this but it's like there's such a huge value to family and to community And if you're breaking up family and community, which is the Lord's heart, like he yeah. sent Jesus or people out of his love for people for us, then yeah. it like, it hurts if you are just breaking up and breaking apart family or community based off of something that you believe is more important than like the, the core truth. Yeah. And, like, I feel like that God's heart sad. Right. Even though you being like a, a power for justice and the true truth and, It's like, man, don't don't fight over something you don't gotta fight over.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and it it is interesting because like people have different convictions about what is essential and whatnot. But that's true. But scripture really like it really boils down to like really just love. Like love is really what is at the center of it all. And the moment where you care more about, um, like, converting someone to your belief system than just loving them where they're at, like, that can be really deadly. And so, like, when you get in those debates where you just, like, are trying to convince someone that you're right, you have to really look at your heart posture in that and, and ask yourself, is this something I'm doing because I want to be right or is this something I'm doing Because, like, I feel convicted by the Holy Spirit that this, like, is an essential issue. Like, is it something that we have to agree on? Or is it a thing that is okay to have different views on within the church? Because I think that there is a lot that we can have different views on in the church. And we can still love each other. And we can still both be following the Lord. Just sharing his in different ways and different aspects. Like like just as like an example, I like I would say like the gift of tongues is like a big thing, right? In the in the church sure. where people have various views on the gift of tongues, where it's like some people think it's you know, it's this prayer language. Some people think that it doesn't even exist today. Some people think it's only like where you interpret other languages. It's like everybody has like their own different view on the gift of tongues. And like what they've experienced with it or without it has helped them to like encounter the Lord in their eyes. Like people who have the gift of tongues will say like, it really has like helped them to grow in their walk with the Lord. And then people who don't have the gift of tongues, like will say that they don't need it to like grow in their walk with the Lord. But sometimes the people with tongues will be like, no, you need it. Like if you don't get the gift of tongues, like you're not going to find the Lord or like, people without the gift of tongues will be like, well, actually, like, you're a crazy person and like, you just made something up and you don't actually know the Lord at all. And so like, you know, people on both sides can just like get all mad at each other and be like, oh, well, like you probably don't know the Lord because you like are making up tongues or you don't have know the Lord because, oh, you never got tongues. So like, it's just like, it's completely stupid. Like, what if the Lord gave one guy tongues and spoke to him through it? And what if the Lord didn't give another person tongues and still spoke to them without it? Like, you know, to say that the Lord has to do it the same way for both parties, like is just limiting God. And so I think that in those different things, like, yes, be curious. Yes. It's okay to have those conversations and there's different viewpoints, but don't, speak down on someone else's relationship with the Lord, because you think that something's necessary or not necessary. Um, because like, especially something like tongues, there's nothing in scripture that says it is, but like when we talk about like transformed lives and grace and love and the, really the fruits of the spirit, I think would be the essentials that you should have in a Christian life. But just love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Like those are the characteristics I think we can art. Like we can say with confidence that all Christians should exhibit. Um, but when it comes to like gifts beyond that, like whether you can heal someone or whether you can speak in tongues or whether you can prophesy, like those different things don't make, uh, make and make someone less of a Christian or more of a Christian. So, yeah. So, yeah, really interesting. Very interesting.
0: <laughs> but I like that, Dan. That's a good verse to own in on. Yeah, bro. And then I was just thinking as you were talking how... uh, So, I've got a couple friends who are into this thing where... It, it's called DMM. And it's where, like, they go off and they find different groups of people who just have, like... A common interest is them, yeah. Or they develop interest to people, and it's just like a whole group of you know you never know who's gonna be there. So you grow up mm-hmm. your whole life. Like if you grow up in church, then you usually surround yourself with Christians all the time, which is super awesome and good to bolster mm-hmm. your faith. But it's important to get out into the regular world and to share Jesus with other people. And just like when they are taking someone in from like a common interest and sharing that they love God and bringing them into, uh, an understanding of the Bible, they will take them through, like, they, they just say, Hey, do you want to read a story together and discover God? Mm-hmm. Well, very interesting thing to people. And they love stories and they think God is an interesting person. And they're like, what does this mean? So they'll walk through like a bunch of different distinct stories in the Bible. And it's, like, if it's not something that you would show someone from the Bible right away as you're showing them who Jesus is and what that life is like, is it something that you should argue about later in life? I feel like all the things that we end up, like, arguing over and that you're talking about are, like, deep theological, like, we're super saved and we have nothing else to talk about and we should probably spend more effort on, like, sharing the Lord with other people than just, like, arguing over, like, the deep getting in the weeds and it's like super interesting it's like we're super pro level we've been in this for years we've learned everything we could possibly learn let's argue about this random thing and it's like bro (laughs) just like go and show someone the basics and you'll like (laughs) fall into so it's like yeah what even
1: no that's so true because yeah. Cause I think especially like once you've been in theology and you've been in Bible college or you've been at IHOP or like we you've been in like some of the stuff we've been in where like people like read over the word, like over and over and over again. And there's a value in that. But then, like you said, it can also get toxic if you're just like looking at it from that lens of like, what's one more thing that I can like nag on. And especially like if it, become something that you use to judge others. Like if it's something that you're using to better yourself, that's one thing. Like, cause you can, it is a good thing to look at those like intricacies and figure out your beliefs on stuff like that. Um, but the problem is when you start to push your beliefs about stuff like that on others as a necessity. Like if you, if you like have a strong belief or conviction on something like tongues or on healing or on like, The Jewish laws or stuff like that, like all these different things. Like if you have a belief on that, like it's okay to share your view and to explain why and to invite people to join that if they feel so convicted as well. But like when you begin to judge them for not having that same view is when it becomes a division point in the body of Christ and God's heart isn't division. Like Jesus does say that he came to bring not but a sword. And like, there should be a little bit of wrestling that happens. Like the deeper you go in the faith, because it will challenge your personal beliefs and what personally makes you comfortable. But, um, and it could even like create division in your family. Like if your family's not of the Lord as well, like there could be tension that comes from following the Lord. Like You know, God does desire unity, but he also does desire a wrestling and he does desire working through those hard things, but never at the expense of love. And so I think that's that's where you have to really draw the line is just to say that, like, you know, we can talk about these things and we can work through these things for our own betterment. But never to tear other people down. And I think that's that's the difference between doing it in a healthy way and an unhealthy way. Is like, are you doing this? Are you talking about these things because you want to become better and help others be better? Or are you doing it because you just want to like tear people down and rag on them for not being as holy or righteous as you are because you know all these little details? Because you know, that's what the Pharisees did. And that's why Jesus hated the Pharisees, is because like they had the Jewish law memorized to a T to a point where, like, they lost the heart of the Jewish law. Like, they were just telling people to obey the rules because, oh, I know the rules, and this is one of the rules, and you're not obeying it. Like, but what they lost the heart of the rules in doing that. And so I think that's kind of even what we can do today as Christians is to remember, let's not hold people to rules, but let's encourage people in their heart posture. And as the hearts change, then there will be more openness and interest in the different like ways of life that are better than the ways of the life that we choose for ourselves. So, yeah. So there you go.
0: Well, there you go.
1: There you go. That's most of Titus. I mean, at the end, Paul's just like saying goodbye to Timothy or not Titus, not Timothy, Timothy somewhere else, but <laughs> Yeah, he's just kind of like, yo, bro, I'm going to send you a friend, Um, help out your friends in town, give them what they need. Like, I liked verse 14 because it says our people must learn to do good by meeting the urgent needs of others. Because, you know, in your walk with the Lord, it's not just about you. It's about meeting the needs of others, helping others out. So I like that Titus or Paul kind of ends with that message to Titus is just like. Yo, like, this is all the stuff you have to do. But also, just help these guys. You know, if they're ever in need, help them out. Just do it. Like, (laughs) you know, it's not just about you. So, he's just like that. And then he's like, yo, like, send everyone my love and God's grace to you, bro. And then he's gone. He's like, okay, I'm sending this letter. Post it. And then
0: puts the stamp on it. Close with grace. (laughs) Send it.
1: Yeah, he opened with Greece and with Greece, And then, that's the letter. That's Titus. It's a good one. That's Ma- There's a lot of good in there, Dan. It's good stuff. I
0: like it a lot. So good! Uh, yes.
1: So, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's basically the episode. I, I, we talked a lot longer about that than I expected. In like an hour and a half, almost.
0: Yeah, no, it was really good. I like Titus. I think it's about.
1: Yeah. It's been a good chat for sure. Well, then I was trying to get people to send us questions and comments, but nobody sent in anything, so
0: oh, I don't remember. Really, anyone...
1: We have no <laughs> Firefly jar today. I do miss the Firefly jar and the old wheel spinning that. Oh I like know the old days. But eventually we'll a goofy episode again, too, I feel like I don't know what we're gonna do next, like I don't i I'm still not really sure if this worked this video thing, like Loki like halfway th- were you, did you did you get that notification that said like the video is not working
0: no it it said it was saving it was oh, it, okay. said it was uploading
1: okay, so it did upload okay, hopefully it actually uploaded like as long as I can edit these together, then this will work but. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, we're just kind of learning this whole new vibe of not being in the same room because it's definitely a different dynamic, but, but it it can be good. So yeah, here's hoping that this process is well. And if it does, then maybe we can do this again in the coming weekends and share a little bit more about what's coming next in our lives for me this summer. And then you probably got more coming with your DJ business, right? Like. Yeah. 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 How about, exactly. How's that coming? You got a good team established yet?
0: Yeah, dude. We've got three DJs for sure. It's going to be Matt, my guy from Elf, who's got his own equipment. Oh, nice. Charlie, who's been with me before, who uses my stuff. And then <laughs> David, an extra setup for because he's a boy. And he's <laughs> cool and he's now. And that's been really fun. Yeah. So I've had like a bunch of different calls with people potential for weddings and I've booked 18 so far in the first two months of the year, which is super dope. Yeah. And I've got like seven contracts out there in the world right now that expire in the next week.
1: Oh, wow. Well, prayers that they decide to book their wedding with sound blessed. You know how you can do that, Dan? Yeah, you it's call two six two. 271, 271 2600 just call it 262 271 271 2600 and then you can book a wedding with sound blessed today do it Yay.
0: just do, do it. it
1: don't let your dreams be dreams just do it do it do it do it do it, do it. <laughs> <laughs> do yeah it, do so it. yeah so that's good Um, but yeah, so that's basically it for today, y'all. Um, we've, we've had a good chat about Titus. I think we'll probably do more scripture. Hopefully we'll do like three books this year, maybe four. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how much we can get in. Titus was easy because it's like two pages. So
0: I'm down. Titus was really good.
1: Yeah. I kind of want to do some old Testament. We, we, we did like Mark, Acts and Titus the last three. So I feel like we got to get back into OT for the next no, one. No, I think
0: you're right. But if really you guys good. have any book, book
1: suggestions, calendar. send it in. Let us know what book should we read next. Because I like... And we'll uh, yeah, we will. We'll read it. We like the variety. I like that we mix it up. We don't just go in order. It's, it's crazy. We keep it crazy here on Fiery Friends. <laughs> oh, yeah, we try. Mm-hmm. But... Otherwise, if we don't do a scripture episode next, I think we should do Pixar, bro. I want to do Toy Story 2 so bad. Like, it's been like yeah, so totally long. Though. Literally, like, Bug's Life was episode 39. Like, that's almost like 40 episodes ago, bro. Like, we need to, or 30 episodes ago. Like, we need to do another Pixar episode. And Toy Story 2 is just great. And they, they make, they're freaking renewing for Toy Story 5. Did you hear about that? Yes. I don't know if that's a good decision, man. Like, what more can they do, bro? Like, Woody ran away with his lady. Like, are they going to have toy babies? Like, is that where we're going here?
0: Like, what the heck can they do? I know. Everyone's like, what's going to happen? Is he just going to come back? Like, he's gone. Yeah, and how does Buzz play
1: into it? Is he going to marry Jesse and run away, too? Like, what? Is he going to go back in Spanish
0: mode? He never left. (laughs) I think
1: he did, but he never. Still technically Spanish mode. He's just bilingual. <laughs> I'm
0: bilingual. You're so bilingual. Bilingual buzz. Yeah. So, I don't know. We might try and do that. <laughs> it would be fun.
1: And we might try and get a guest, too. Like, we haven't done a guest on one of these, like, video call things. Except Kale, when we talked about Apocrypha for fun. But, But maybe we'll do a guest... Maybe we'll talk another another book soon. Maybe like, you know, a couple of weeks or something. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah. Dude, we'll do it for sure. Love we'll we'll guest on our, our, our vid pod the, our pod.
1: the The VOD. Maybe that's what this era is. The VOD era.
0: Let's go. Go. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not a bad era.
1: <laughs> yeah, not bad. Alright, well... Dan, do you have anything last to say to the listeners before we call it a day?
0: Hey, listeners, make sure that you rest, relax, Mm. trust the Lord, and become a good old man and woman.
1: Yeah, that's what we talked about today. Just be good. Be a good old person. If you're still young, you got time. But once you're old, you're going to be held accountable. So don't mess up. Or if you mess up, it. repent. <laughs> Turn from your sin, and also keep getting ready, bro. I love that song. We're getting ready. Just keep getting ready every day. Get ready for the Lord. It's good to get ready for Him. And then it's true. And then you know what else, Dan? What? Until next time, we gotta keep the fire burning. Keep the.